Hi, I'm Steve Maletto from the Teaching Learning Leading K-12 podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Tuesday. Hopefully, you've had a wonderful day, wherever it is that you're joining us from, wherever in the world you're joining us from. I just want to say thank you so much for all of your continual support. Thank you so much for the likes, the shares, the follows, the listens, the feedback. We really appreciate all all of that, guys, because we do what we do for you so we can bring you some amazing conversations week in and week out and hopefully multiple times per week as well. But again, I'm just really excited to be here with you all this evening and we're definitely going to have a ball today. I've definitely been looking forward to this conversation for a couple of weeks now and I'm just really excited because we're going to be talking AI, we're going to be talking DFIT, and we've got an amazing guest, which we'll introduce shortly. But before we do that, we definitely want to give a big shout out to Goose Chase. Thank you so much for sponsoring My EdTech Life. So guys, if you want to make your classrooms a little bit more interactive and create some amazing learning experiences, please make sure you check out goosechase.com. And if you use code MyEdTech10, you can take 10% off a district license, a school license, or even a personal license. So please make sure you check them out. So again, thank you so much, Goose Chase, for all of your support. And now, again, I definitely want to introduce you to an amazing, amazing guest. I have been following Catherine on TikTok for a great while. And, you know, even when she just transitioned and, uh, you know, from teaching to the DFIT team. And so I'm really excited to welcome Catherine Green to the show. Catherine, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, thank you so much. This is such an honor. Absolutely. I'm definitely excited for you to be here because like I said, you've got some such great energy. You know, I go on TikTok and I find your videos always so informative. You're always willing to take feedback back to the team and, you know, just building up a great community. So I thank you for that because there are many companies that are out there that, you know, that you still build community, but you know, you do it in a different way. You you add your own spice to it. And I absolutely appreciate that spice for sure. So keep on doing what you're doing. So Catherine, let's go ahead and dive in. Like I said, I've been excited to speak with you for a while now. So if you could, please let our, or give us a little brief introduction, your context in education for our audience members that are joining us live, or we'll be catching this on the replay. Absolutely. And thank you again for having me here. I was a teacher for eight years. I taught two years at the middle school level teaching U.S. history, and then I moved to the high school in the same district. And I taught for six years world history. And I loved working with students, which I think most teachers agree with that like the joy comes from working with students. But there got to be a point in my career where I just fell in love with working with teachers more. I had a lot of opportunities to lead PDs. I had a lot of opportunities to, you know, because of my passion with ed tech and my joy of sharing ed tech, that led to me doing a lot more professional development, especially when the pandemic hit and we went to remote learning. And when I went back to the classroom after remote learning, 
I realized that my heart was saying like, it was time to like, try something different and that where I was having the most joy in the previous years was working with teachers. So that's when I transitioned out of the classroom. And, you know, I've been so lucky to land with the Dipit team. We're a really small team. There's there's only four of us, two co-founders, and then myself and an engineer. And we are very teacher focused in everything we do. And so it warms my heart to hear that that's what you see from us, that that's how you you see the community we're building. You see what we're, we're making for teachers. You. It, it, I feel very good knowing that from an outside perspective, you see that as well. Absolutely. And like I said, that's one of the things that I love so much about when I, you know, your content comes across on my feed and it's just great. You can see it, you can feel it. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So that for sure, like being very sincere, I absolutely love it. So I had no idea until you told me right now that you guys are a team of four and you know, for the work that you're putting in and everything, it really seems like you have, you know, a whole army, you know, on the Diffit team, but this is amazing. And again, kudos to the work that you're doing. So Catherine, now that you told us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about that superhero origin story, I just wanted to kind of dive in a little bit deeper just to see, I know you mentioned, you know, you came back, you know, from pandemic and you're like, Hey, you know what, let's, it's, time to do a little bit, a little something different. So, you know, you transition from being a teacher and diving into the ed tech space. So I just kind of wanted to ask, what was the catalyst for this change? And how did your teaching background fit in once you landed with Diffit? So the catalyst for the change was it was the spring, it was our first full year back in the classroom. Um, and it was the springtime and I was just starting to become the sort of teacher that I knew my students didn't deserve. And I was starting to just every day I was walking into the classroom and I, I know so many teachers, this will probably resonate with them, but the joy and the spark and the love of it wasn't there. And my students were suffering because of that. Like I wasn't able to like give them what they needed and also give myself what I needed. And that's when I was like, there's something not aligning here. And so that that feeling being so constant was definitely a turning point for me of, of, and that's where I dug deep and was like, well, where was my joy most recently? Like, where was I feeling the most accomplished and having the most joy in my work? And it was on Twitter or TikTok when I was engaging with teachers and I was talking with teachers and helping them kind of problem solve in like the chaotic world of ed tech where there's, there's so many choices and so many options and it can be so overwhelming. And I was getting so much joy out of those little wins of helping a teacher who thought they didn't necessarily know ed tech, find a tool that fit their needs and also made their life easier. So it made it easier for them and for their students to accomplish what their goal was. There was a part two to your question, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so I just wanted to ask, you know, now with the teaching background that you had, you know, landing on Diffit, you know, how did your teaching background influence your role or has influenced your role yeah. with Diffit? It's been so amazing with this team in particular because, you know, I really do get to bring that teacher perspective, but I mm -hmm. also know the longer I'm out of the classroom, the the less perspective I'm going to be able to give because the world of education is changing so quickly and the dynamics of the classroom are changing so quickly. So right now I'm able to give a lot of feedback, a lot of insight when it comes to product and the content we're developing and the tools that we're making from that teacher point of view. And part of that is also reaching out to other teachers to confirm that what I, you know, to make sure that 
I'm really representing the teacher community. I was never an elementary teacher, so I, I, I need to reach out to elementary teachers consistently and make sure like, is this gonna work for them too, right? Is this gonna be the right fit for them or do they need something different? And my experience with teaching really helped me in this role because of the fact that we're so grounded in that teacher feedback and we're so grounded in building something that is for teachers. There's, it, you know, it's it's not, I've, I worked for another ed tech company previously and it's not necessarily the, I, you know, I, I feel so bad because those who are like, how do I transition out of teaching? My role in Diffit is so unique and so particular and I'm so blessed and lucky to have it because it really was about that that teacher knowledge and that knowledge of working with teachers that made this role the perfect fit for me. Excellent. Obviously, you know, and that really does help. And again, it does resonate as I see your content. Like I said, it comes through my feed. Mainly it's on TikTok. That's really where I've kind of been hanging out a little bit more because you really get a lot of insight from a lot of educators. You get a lot of insight from a lot of, you know, subject matter experts and so on that are sharing a lot of great things, you know, and then of course, coming back on Twitter, kind of just seeing, you know, a lot of the posts that are very helpful and so on. But now I've just kind of transitioned a little bit more to that. But what I want to ask you, you mentioned something that was very important that kind of leads into this next question where you're saying, you know, many times you, there's going to be a point where, you know, that you mentioned, of course, education is moving very fast all the time. So there's going to come a point in time where maybe, you know, that insight that you had is going to be like, whoa, like, uh, you know, I'm not quite there anymore yet, but now you're, you know, looking towards teachers and saying, hey, will this work out for you and so on. So I want to ask you, you know, as the content and community lead for DFIT, you know, what does a typical day look like for you and how do you ensure that the content that you're sharing resonates with teachers? So typical day is a little tough because right now we don't really have, I don't really have a typical day. I can tell you there's some like, there's some constants every day. Like every day I'm spending a significant amount of time in our social spaces, in our Facebook group and networking with teachers and setting up calls with teachers for us to get the feedback that we need to ensure that, you know, as education changes, as real classroom teachers are using our, our product, that it really aligns and meets their goals. So I start every morning in our Facebook group, on Twitter, on TikTok, reading through every comment, reading through every post that anyone's done, putting that feedback together for our team, and then also responding and replying where I can to make sure teachers feel heard and supported, and to troubleshoot any problems that might come along, which is that's that's far less the case of what I have to do, which is nice, but I, I do try and help with that as well. And so that's a, a pretty much how I start and end my day is, is getting into that teacher feedback loop via social media. And when it comes to ensuring that we are really making sure DFIT is what teachers need and that we're really responding to what teachers want in the classroom, it is those communities we've created on social media via TikTok and our Facebook community, but it's also getting on calls with teachers. I'm said it normally our team gets on calls like three to five times a week with individual teachers and we'll demo something for them and we'll just ask them like, what do you think? Or we'll tell them to go play around with like our like sandbox and give us real time feedback. And we'll ask them, you know, questions about things we weren't sure about, they'll give us new ideas. And so we spend a lot of time each week actively talking and engaging with teachers. That is wonderful. And that is so important. You know, I love the way that you are just very hands-on. And one of the things that you mentioned that I absolutely love is 
you know, responding to teachers so they feel heard. You know, that's been something that's been like kind of like a constant that I hear, you know, since we came back from pandemic and doing shows and so on and hearing it not only from educators, practitioners, but now also that I've been at or had have had the opportunity to interview, you know, many people that work with platforms. I think that's been something that's been very important and has definitely it's been something that resonates from each show and so on, just the ability to be heard. And I think that that's very important because it does something for a teacher or an educator that says, wow, you know, somebody values my feedback, my work, and so on. And of course, they buy into the mission, of course, the mission for DFIT. And it just becomes just wonderful. You know, obviously, in your community, I'm sure you have different, you know, segments or subsections, even within the community, those that just, hey, I use DFIT, and I'm good to go, you know, and leave it at that. And then there's those that, hey, I want to share back some feedback. Can I do, you know, can I meet with you and so on? And then there's those that really want to participate in everything that you do. So I'm sure that for yourself as, you know, creating content and being the community manager, you really have to identify those niches within the group. So make sure that everybody gets what they're looking for. And I think that's very important. And again, I, I know that I've said this a lot. I think that you do a great job at it from what I see, you know, that you post. So that's definitely something that's very important. So coming back to DFIT too as well and working with teachers, we know that DFIT, you know, you know, prides itself in like, hey, we want to save time for teachers, you know, and, and of course the work that they're doing. So can you share a little bit of insight as far as how the platform DFIT specifically achieves this goal for teachers? Yeah, I would love to actually, if, if this would be a good time for us to jump to me, like actually showing you how it works. Because one of the things we pride ourselves in is like the simplicity of how the platform works is part of how we hope it saves teachers times. And if I just describe it, I don't think you're going to understand how truly simple it is. So if you're good, I'm, can I go ahead and yes. uh, share my screen? Awesome. Absolutely. That would All be right. great. Let me make sure I'm sharing the right tab. There we go. All right. So. When teachers go to diffit.me, it's going to just look like this when they first get there. Now, I'm logged in. So if you weren't logged in, you'd click right here to log in and you can log in with your Google account. We are working on alternative ways to log in as well. So if you're like, I don't have a way to log in with a Google account, it is in the works. We've gotten that feedback from teachers and it's something we're actively working on. But you'll notice there's just three tabs here. And you can either give it a topic, a learning objective, a question, and it tell it a grade level and it will generate a reading for you. You can give it a link to an article or a video. So if you have like a New York Times article, a crash course video, you can put that link here and again, choose the grade level and it's gonna create adapted resources from that original source. Or you can go to any text or excerpt and you can paste in or upload a PDF here. And again, you choose the grade level and that's how you get started. I'm gonna go with literally anything I'm going to type in mitosis and we'll set it for a sixth grade level. And so this is where it's using AI to create an adapt, well, a, a reading at that particular grade level that we've assigned it to and more. It's going to create a reading, a summary, key vocabulary words, 
uh, multiple choice questions, short answer questions, and open-ended questions. And with all of those, you can edit and change them. And really, the name Diffit and the goal here was to make it really simple for teachers to differentiate instruction. Um, I used to teach a class specifically for newcomer um, English learners. And I had to still teach them world history, right? I had to still teach them the content. I was not their English teacher. And this tool would have changed my life because I had five, six different languages in the room at one time of students who spoke almost no English, but were still expected to engage in class in a meaningful way. And this, you'll see right here, I can take what it's just created and we've got over 50 languages I can translate it to. So you can adapt the reading level, and then put it in the home language of the students you're working with. But here's what it's created, an adapted reading where I can actually see the sources that it used to create the reading. So like a lot of AI tools, there's always the fear of hallucination or it making things up or it not being accurate. We've put some like guardrails on, so it's gonna use cited sources when it does generate using AI. We've got our summary our vocab list, and here you can even add your own vocabulary if there's really specific core vocabulary you want included. Multiple choice questions where you can see the answers. You can add more questions based on whatever DOK level you're looking for. Short answer questions and open-ended prompts. And this was the original way that Diffit was created. And here you can edit, you can copy, you can tweak it. But what really I think makes it a time saver for teachers is our export. So when you go to export and share, you can do directly to Google Forms, Google Docs, or any of these slides, this template library of slides that we have available here. And we're adding more. So please, please, please give me suggestions of what you want to see next. I'm actually the one that builds all the slides at the moment. But if there's a particular like graphic organizer you want to see or any of that, just let us know. But I'll just go ahead and grab one of these so you can see because I know this the Part of today is not just this, like there's more things we want to talk about, but let me go ahead and grab like our three, two, one, open with slides. It's going to take all of the things it just created for me and put it into that slide deck. And like if it's an article that you're using in your classroom or it's an existing piece of curriculum you're using and you just need to adapt it to a different grade level for some students, this allows you to do that really quickly. So I'll click open with Google Slides and it's already put in. So it's put the vocabulary in, the reading. Sometimes you do wanna go through and like change the size of the font a little bit. We've got those multiple choice questions where students can answer and explain. And this is ready to print and share with students. And then there's also, if we go back here, let me share this again. You know, if you like doing like hyper slides or interactive slides with your students, there's also some that are set up that way as well. And that's it, that's how it works. It's, it's really simple, it's really straightforward, but we wanted to make something that was very high quality of what it was producing for teachers in as simple and quick a way as possible. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love this. Like this, when I first saw this, you know, really my jaw dropped when I was like, wow, like, you know, especially with the reading level, one of my things that I absolutely loved about this is the fact that 
for example, like you mentioned, working with uh, emergent bilingual students. And in my area, I we get that very often. And I know for a lot of school districts, you get that. And oftentimes the case is we have a specialist that works on getting us that content. But many times it's like, wow, we, we have to wait while it's produced or, you know, because they may not know that the student has come in and so on and so forth. But what I love about it is talk about the the ability to just improvise, adapt and overcome with DFIT. What I love is, okay, I get the new student come in. Okay. I see that maybe they are having, you know, that struggle being an emergent bilingual, but now I can find something in their language where they're still learning, you know, the same content that everybody else is, you know, doing. And what I love about it too, was the the fact that I was talking to one of our ELA specialists stating, you know, ninth grade teacher, they're going over a novel. Oftentimes it's maybe students would need to get pulled out to get additional support. But I know if I was that teacher, I would say, okay, you know, maybe that ninth grade novel or that's excerpt, I can put it down to maybe a seventh grade level or maybe even sixth grade level, but still have all my students in the class still enjoying the lecture and not having to get pulled out, you know, and, you know, being kind of a little bit singled out, obviously. And this is what I love that I can differentiate where I can make things as easy as possible for the students at whatever level that they may need all in one place, quick and easy. And on the fly, like, I mean, kid walks in and that's their first day. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go here. Let me go ahead and show you what we're doing. Here you go. And this is the one thing that I love about it, you know, just the ease of use. So this is wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, and I think so often we, and I, you know, I'm at fault at this as well. I think so often we think about the need to differentiate being specifically for special education classrooms mm -hmm. or for multilingual students, but like a lot of the stories we get back is like, I just got a story recently from an AP, I want to say psychology teacher. And she was like, I was doing station rotation with my students and one group was at a station and the reading just like they, it just wasn't working. And so they were starting to get off track. It, it was starting, you know, the, the fear you have in the classroom of when the students can't connect with the content, of course, that's going to be the moment where they disengage from the learning. And she was like, I just ran over to Diffit, ran it through really quickly, took it down a grade level and gave it to them. And then they were back on track and their confidence was back up. And so it's it's for all students, right? Especially yeah. now when we know that in a given classroom, I had 42 students per class. In a given classroom, there are so many students who have so many different needs and have so many different experiences. And being able as a teacher to quickly meet those needs or even like we talk about intervention specialists, for them to be able to make it aligned with the content in core curriculum more easily is so powerful. Sorry, I get a little excited when I talk no. about it. And, and no, but that's wonderful because yeah. that conversation is what we had with our content specialist. Actually, she's she's one of the coaches, you know, that works with the content specialist. And uh, the other day we were getting ready and she was creating, you know, some worksheets or some readings. And she was like, man, you know, we can't find anything, you know, specifically to like author's purpose at this great level or this kind of thing. And I said, hey, have you tried Diffit? You know, and we can kind of just work things out and tweak it and we can even, you know, work the grade level too as well or the level as far as the reader is concerned. And she just went to town and she just absolutely loved it. But the fact, like you mentioned, the ease of use and being able to incorporate it within your 
current curriculum without having to build anything out because our content specialist builds the curriculum for the year. So many of those readings that are there can easily be run through Diffit and say, okay, you know what, like you mentioned, even though the whole class may be at level, but they feel disengaged or they're, they're just not getting it. Hey, you know what? Let's bring it down a notch and just make sure that we understand completely, you know, the reading and what we need to do. And then we can just kind of bring that up to level again and so on. So I love the ease of use and just have a tool that can do that right away where, you know, prior to this, it's like, well, you know, we need to wait for the content specialist to create this, or, you know what, I'm not a Spanish teacher, but, and I have to wait for, you know, the ELA department or not ELA, the, or, you know, I forget which department it is. I, I forget the names. There's so many acronyms. There's so many, then, right? <laughs> yes. So for them to be able to create that Spanish content for mm -hmm. the students and now, you can go ahead and do that immediately in your class and on the fly. And what I did love that I noticed there, and many of you that noticed it, that our Google districts is that you can share that through your Google Classroom. Yes. So talk <laughs> about making it so streamlined and, and making that process where you can, you know, use a link, upload a PDF, and just create a wonderful lesson or additional tier two support or even tier three support if needed all in one place. And I, this is why I find it, you know, I find that Diffit is very, it's just awesome. It's like, it's a Swiss army knife, really. Like it does yeah. so much, but in such a simple way that is not very overwhelming. So kudos to the team and the work that you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. So that is amazing. So that kind of actually probably answered my next question because my next question was, you know, obviously with the, like we talked about earlier, how, you know, quickly education evolves and obviously EdTech evolves right along with it in the classroom. You know, a lot of the challenges that we do see in the classroom is sometimes it's too much tech and too overwhelming where it just feels like I already have a hundred plates spinning and now figuring out another platform and doing this in a different login and a different platform and so on. Now I'm adding another plate and I'm barely, you know, keeping all hundred up. But, you know, what I love is what we're seeing is how Diffit is addressing these concerns with one tool and everything that you were able to do there from the slides the way that you created those interactive slides, the way that you created, you know, the other type of slides that you were just sharing with us, which could be independent or like we mentioned, you know, tier one, tier two support. So how, you know, how does Diffit really, you know, just go to bat for teachers in this? Like, what's the mission and vision? Oh, that, that I think is, you know, we really want it to be a tool that allows teachers to meet every student where they are at while also giving teachers back their time right which is a that's a big that's a big bold mission right that's a that's a that's a big statement to make and as a teacher who experienced the like ed tech tool fatigue one of our, you know, one of the things we talk about a lot is that, you know, this isn't necessarily an ed tech tool, right? Like, yes, you can push things out through Google Classroom, but there's no student facing side of it except for that end product that teachers can, they could print it out if they wanted to, they, if they wanted students to be able to read and draw, like we have some activities that are like drawing by hand and things like that. It's really trying to ensure that whatever we create here is not getting in the way of teachers creating high quality instructional materials while also getting that time back and finding that balance has has led to the simplicity of, of what it does at this point. And the fact that it 
you know, we want it to have a starting point that's very simple for teachers where they don't have to make a lot of choices to get started. It's more once they start to see the materials, then they decide, okay, what's the nuance of how I want to, you know, engage with my students here. Excellent. And, you know, one thing that you mentioned there that I love is, like you said, it, it's the tech fatigue. This yeah. right now, you know, the way that you did this so quickly, definitely, you know, there's no fatigue there at all because you're going straight to the point, to the end product. And like you said, you don't have to worry about anything that is on the student side where yeah. a lot of platforms try and tie to the LMS and all this other stuff. And, you know, like you said, it could be very stressing because it's another platform, another login, another different, you know, kind of submission, another alert and so on. But with this, you know, the fact that you're able to just go to one place and create, that is amazing. So going back, you know, talking to that about that mission with teachers and helping teachers out, you know, a lot of how we saw the different outputs, how much of that was from teacher feedback and how important is that feedback to DFIT in helping create that amazing platform? Yeah. So the, you know, this is, we've only had these templates out for the Google slide templates out for like not even a full week yet. We released them to the public on Thursday, but prior to that, we had about three or four weeks of you know, sharing with individual teachers and getting their feedback and then me going back and either making more templates or tweaking the templates or creating more. And we, you know, we got to this point where we decided that we have a good handful here of templates that we think are fairly universal when it comes to content area and grade level. And now we just want to see what teachers want next. And we really want to meet the needs of where teachers are at because all those templates that I first created were based on my experience in the classroom. But again, I'm a year out of the classroom and I know how quickly things are, are moving. I'm talking with teachers daily. I know that their experience is not the same as the experience that I had in the classroom. And we wanna be very aware of that and create resources that really align to those, those needs and wants. So that teacher feedback, especially on the templates is so important. And I think like how we ended up at Google Slides was really truly because of that teacher feedback. We started with Google Forms because it was literally every day a message from teachers like, I want Google Forms, I want Google Forms, I want Google Forms. And then we did that and they were like, oh, maybe they can do more things. And then it was Google Docs, Google Docs, Google Docs. <laughs> and then we ended up with slides. And so that teacher feedback really, really is, it. it we spend probably more time talking about and looking at and thinking about feedback than I, I ever knew a company could. That is excellent. But, you know, it's so important, you know, and I've had a, Al Kingsley was here, you know, several weeks ago, and that's what he mentioned. One of the best things to do is really, and, and this is a quote, he goes, just shut up and listen, you know, and, and that was his quote to ed tech companies to say, hey, you know, don't treat people just like another invoice, you know, but really just be quiet and listen. And I do want to say listen one more thing on they're, that. They're going to tell you. Yeah. I it froze on my end. So as you're saying, listen, I, I spoke yeah, yeah. over you. I'm so sorry. No, 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 you're good. Um, but I want to say one more thing about that is as such a small company, like we, you know, we want to listen and we want all the feedback that's coming towards us. But because we're such a small company, we, there's, there are things that we're writing down and we're exploring and we're thinking about, but we know we can't do just yet. So like, 
I'm, and I'm always, when I get good feedback, I'm always like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I did, I'm going to give it to the team, but I can make you zero promises right now. So I promise when I say that, I'm serious. We are talking about it, but with such a small team and, and so many goals to make sure that it's high quality, what we're giving you, some things are, it might take a little bit longer than, than we want them to. <laughs> no, absolutely. And yeah. that's completely understandable. And, but that's what I love though, that the, the, attention and the detail that you go into it. And like I said, th that's what I applaud you for because I see it, but you know, for teachers to be able to say, wow, like they're listening and look at what they were able to do. First it was Google forms. Now Google docs, it's like, wow, slides. And then like you mentioned, you know, good things take time and you mm -hmm. definitely want to deliver. You don't want to over promise and under deliver, you know, I'd rather, you know, maybe kind of, kind of promise but then when i do bring it out it's going to be something that is going to be very surprising and just surpass your expectations and that's completely understandable and i love the fact that you're just being very real and you're being very open and transparent which is something that you know it maybe it's not seen often and that's something that I also admire because of, of the way that you handle things. Because even myself, you know, messaging you on TikTok a couple of times and being like, hey, maybe, you know, can you try this? Or I like this or this is was pretty cool and so on. And just knowing that I that that feedback is taken and it is noted. And so that's really wonderful. And I know that teachers definitely love that. And as they see things that are rolling out, and obviously you I'm sure you've got a lot of stuff in the works because you definitely have a lot of great teachers that are giving you guys some feedback for sure. So now I kind of want to, you know, ask you a little bit. I know that you gave us a little brief demo as far as what Diffit can do and just the ease of use. But for anybody that is listening to this podcast and couldn't see that demo, I want to ask you for somebody that is new to Diffit or is just hearing it, you know, after this episode, what are some of the standout features and tools that you believe that they should know about? I think that for me, how I started with Diffit was really using an existing article and having it adapt. So starting with some with content you know and seeing how it will adapt it for a particular grade level, whether that's a YouTube video, whether that's a news article, if you do current events in your classroom, start with that, especially if you're brand new and you're feeling a little bit timid about AI. I think that's where a, a teacher who maybe has never used a tool there's, there's not really a tool like this, but who's never uh, used an AI tool before, that's a really good starting point. And then go through and just customize it. See, all the, uh, press every button. And if you get stuck, join our Facebook group. <laughs> I'll put that link in the chat in just a second, but join our Facebook group because we're, we, you know, we always want to help and support and hear your feedback and, and hear where you got stuck, right? Once you play with it, but it, it is so user-friendly and and we or at least we hope it is so user-friendly that just go and play and start with content you know start with an article or a video you know really well and you use in your classroom and see what it can create for you from that absolutely and that's what i always tell my teachers it's like hey anytime i introduce something to you i always say just get clicky with it have yeah. fun there's nothing that you can break <laughs> no. you can always click back or click refresh or just log out and log back in but just go in press every button so you yeah. know what it does and you know you just familiarize yourself with it and and the other thing that i i tell them that this helps them do is see that they control the tech the tech doesn't control them so that way it doesn't feel like something that is overwhelming or something that may cause some frustration 
they're the ones in control at the end. And so I was telling them, hey, just get clicky with it. It's all good. So that's wonderful. All right. So now, Catherine, you know, with all the feedback that you get, and maybe you don't have to, you know, share too much because obviously, you know, there's things that you can or can't say. But I, I know the original question said, where do you see DFID in the next five years? But I think that's way too far ahead. I just want to ask, where do you see where do you see DFID in the next five months? You know? And you know, are there any, you know, initiatives that you guys are particularly excited about? You know, I think because, you know, we are so brand new and, and there are things I can't say, <laughs> I, I'm going to focus on, I, I just hope that in the next five months, we continue to have teachers playing with it daily and telling us what they want to see next. That's my, that's what I want in the next five months. I want, you know, more and more teachers logging on, playing with it, finding us and telling us what they love, what they find challenging about it, what they wish it did. So we can continue to really make this the best possible experience for teachers. Wonderful. And that's perfect. Like I said, you know, obviously, you know, as you continue to grow, we're definitely going to see more of those highlights come out. But well said. I mean, it just really goes to show what it is that your your mission is, which is really keeping it simple and just going, having teachers just go in and play around. I have added the Facebook group link <laughs> um, into the chat and everything. So I made sure and pop that in there. And of course, I would definitely make sure and put that in the show notes as well. So any educators that are listening to the show will definitely hop over to the Facebook group and just continue to build that community, get to learn more and maybe find some new and innovative ways to share DFIT and use DFIT, but most importantly too, maybe say, hey, I've got some great feedback that I can share. As, as we all know, that feedback is definitely taken to heart for sure. So that's wonderful. All right. Well, now I want to ask you, like again, going back to this community piece, and, and it really has resonated through the whole episode as you've talked about DFIT, the simplicity, but also just that community. It really seems like it is at the heart of DFIT. So again, how do you foster that community and ensure that the educators feel supported because I know that you're on multiple platforms. You hear so many voices and I know that that over, you know, you may be overextending yourself because you're a team of one as far as the content and community manager side. But what, what do you do and what is DFID, you know, their mission to continue to help educators feel supported? Yeah. So for me personally, I think it goes back to that question you asked in the beginning of like, you were asking about my day and and most of my days are, are they range wildly throughout because we've been working on all these new things, except for the constant of I start my day and I end my day engaged with our teacher community. And of course there's going to be, you know, I, I am one person and I am aware that there's going to be things that fall through the cracks and always breaks my heart a little bit. But I hope that because it is this habit that I've created, it's this, this continuity in place of how the work is done of all, before I jump into the, the work of building for our team, I'm engaged with our community and following up with them. And before I leave for the day, the way that I end my day is, is again, you know, reaching out to those teachers, engaging with them, seeing what they have to say and making sure that I take it to heart. And so far, that's been one of the most powerful ways to grow and engage and foster the community. Because at the end of the day, my voice is not the one that should stand out the most because it really, you know, what 
we want to hear is how teachers are using it, what feedback they have, and how that community is going to thrive is if it's teachers sharing their ideas, their thoughts, their opinions, and really collaborating with each other. And we're getting to this point where we're starting to see that, and I'm going to be able to become a quieter voice in that community and really just help lift up those teacher stories and those teacher voices and connect educator groups and things like that. And that's ideally what we want to see happen is that I become a facilitator and the teachers are the ones who are really sharing, collaborating, inspiring, and always, always, always giving us that feedback. That is amazing. I love that. You know, like you mentioned right now, it's just that big connector of people, mm -hmm. you know, really amplifying their voices, amplifying their practice, because at the end, that's who you're building the product for. And they're the ones that are really going to make the product shine and just continue to build that up based on the feedback. But I love what you said, you know, you're just going to be that facilitator to help and be there and just bring these wonderful, brilliant educators together. And, you know, we all know what can happen with all those educators together, just some great things. And that's something that is very needed within our educator community, just more community, more communities of practice, and just the sharing of that knowledge is just something that can be very useful and, you know, that we can leverage not only just for a particular school district, but being part of a group or a Facebook group like DFID and seeing the experiences from multiple educators and seeing different perspectives like you know you can think of like wow I never thought about those things and now you learn something new and that's so important and I absolutely love that Catherine I can definitely see you being that great connector of people and that amazing facilitator for sure <laughs> Uh, all right. So the, my, my last question before we kind of wrap up on the last three questions that I always love to ask my guests. But of course, you know, right now we talked a little bit about the pre-chat, how teachers are overwhelmed with so much tech that is out there, whether it's AI or not AI. What advice would you give educators, you know, when navigating a specific choice for platforms? Yeah. This is such a great question. And it's a question that like, I've had strong opinions about for a very long time as a former teacher. And it is really and truly, no matter what ed tech tool you're looking at, if it does not benefit your students while also making your life easier, it, it, you don't it might not be the right tool for you. And it, you don't have to use every single tool that's out there. So the core is always, is it benefiting your students? Is it, is it helping you achieve a goal with your students? And is it saving you time and effort while benefiting your students? And if the answer is, is yes to both of those things, then dive in, explore it more, see how you can use it. If it's not, then maybe that's not the right tool for you at this time. That's always been my, my view of ed tech. And I, I hope that resonates with, with someone who needs to you know, trim down their list of ed tech tools. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that is for sure. You know, there's so many, and the, and that's the thing that we often see and we see it, you know, even after pandemic now, it's like, yeah. you know, the companies, you know, giving everything for free. And then now it's like, Hey, we come back now we got to pay, but then there's other companies that come out and it's maybe duplication, but yet because that one company has that one additional button or one additional feature when you haven't really taken a deep dive into what you already have. And it, it's, it almost becomes very addictive. I think for a lot of teachers that see things and they just want to go and try it just to try. But 
again, like you said, you know, is it something that's going to benefit the student mm -hmm. or is it going to make things a lot more stressful because now I've got to learn a different login, I've got a different platform, I've got different alerts now. And, you know, sometimes we can be our worst enemy because we want to try everything. So that's why my motto has always been just, just keep it simple, whatever yeah. it is that you need to do, what is your main objective and which tool can get you to that objective with the least uh, possible resistance. Absolutely. Keep it simple. So I love it. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's wonderful advice for all our listeners that are out there. You heard it here. So keep it simple and make sure that it's something that is really going to help you and not cause more frustration. Well, Catherine, it's just been wonderful chatting with you and, you know, just the energy that you bring and obviously representing a wonderful platform such as Diffid. It has been just a wonderful pleasure to have you here and just share your energy and your passion for what you do because it really does come through. But before we wrap up, you know, we lo always love to end the show with the following three questions. And if you are familiar with the show, you know what those three questions are. However, I did put them in the, the calendar invite just so you can take a look and see and maybe you wanted to think about it during the day. But question number one, we all know that kryptonite was or caused Superman to weaken. You know, that was kind of like a weapon against him. So we know that in education, there are many practices that kind of weaken us, whether it's a practice or a tool, a practice, as you speak, you know, state testing, all those things. So I want to ask you from your perspective and your view and your experience, what would you say might be your current edu kryptonite? My current edu kryptonite. The thing, well, I, you know, when I think of, of kryptonite, I think of things that like lessen my joy and because lessening my joy lessens my strength. And so when I see teachers being when I see the current treatment of teachers not being heard, not being valued, not being respected as educators, it lessens my joy and it makes me so sad for for educators. And I want to do everything I can to turn that around and, and really help them feel empowered. Awesome. Absolutely. And <laughs> there you go. That yeah. is a great one. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that answer. All right. Question number two, Catherine, is if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh, and I know you gave this one to me and I thought about it all day. <laughs> I, I think it would... Oh, I don't know. I'm so I, you you prepared me, and I just can't remember what I was going to say here. Hold on. Mm. If I could have a billboard with anything on it, I think I would want it to say something regarding the importance of knowing someone's story. And I wish I had some more elegant way of saying that. But whether it's our students, our teachers, our community, the importance of knowing an individual's story and how powerful and meaningful that can be in, in how much more we can accomplish when we know each other's stories. I love that. Know someone's story. Yeah. There it is. That's the billboard right there. <laughs> yes, you did it. Just needed you needed to collaborate it. a little. <laughs> yes, obviously. Yeah, it was great. And I love it. You're absolutely right. You know, and, that, and that's one of the things that I love about doing this show too, is because not only do I get to connect with somebody that may work at a specific company or, you know, so on and so forth, but it's really about making that connection to the person mm -hmm. as well as 
what their current role may be, whether it's in the classroom or such as yourself working for an ed tech company, there's always something to learn from that. And I think that's so powerful. So absolutely. I love that billboard. Know someone's story. Wonderful. Love it. All right, Catherine. And the last question for you now is if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would it be about? It would be about Star Wars. My extensive geek knowledge around Star Wars is shocking to most people who only know me in a professional setting. <laughs> but it, it would, you know, there's plenty of things I'm sure I could write about within education, but that's Star Wars. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. That's wonderful. I have a colleague of mine. So big shout out to my colleague, Isaac. He is a huge fan of Star Wars. I mean, anything that I could ever throw at him. He already knows and timelines and everything. And I was just like, wow. So yeah, definitely. I, I definitely would probably just let him know just to say, Hey, maybe you should follow Catherine too and stuff like that, you know, on, on social media or something like that. And he absolutely loves it, but that's great. So thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate everything that you shared today, Catherine. It was an honor a pleasure to connect with you, to hear a little bit about your story, your background, to hear now what you're currently doing to help our teacher community through DFID and what DFID is doing, their mission, their vision. You completely, it's very clear for the most part, what I'm taking from it is community, 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 and building something simple that teachers can use and that could be very effective and not cause any frustrations. So uh, that's what it's all about for me. That's what I'm taking from it. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And thank you so much to the DFIT team, the rest of the team also as well for what they do, because as educators, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to us and taking our feedback into account. You guys are amazing. So keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. So, and thank you. thank you for this amazing opportunity. This was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. It was great. Like I said, I had been looking forward to this for a while because like I said, following your content on TikTok, I, I just kind of, there's a couple, there's, I think one other person that uh, from TikTok or two other people too, that have been on the show that I'm just like, oh my gosh, this has been amazing. And it's wonderful. And definitely the conversation was better than what I thought it would be. And so it's wonderful. So thank you so much for that. And for all our audience members, those of you that joined us live, or those of you that are catching this on the replay, as always, thank you so much for making my EdTech life what it is today. Like I mentioned to you at the very beginning, we do what we do for you so we can bring you some amazing conversations, amazing stories of educators, practitioners, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and of course, you know, transitioning teachers, getting into EdTech and building community and just continuing to help our growing community. So, you know, it's been an honor and a pleasure to do this for over three years now, and it's only going to get better thanks to you and to all of your support. So I really appreciate you all. Please make sure that you visit our website at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 237 amazing and wonderful episodes where you can definitely listen to some amazing educators, creators, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, take some knowledge nuggets from them and sprinkle them onto what you are already doing great. So guys, please make sure that you also visit our YouTube channel. We're trying to get up to a thousand subscribers. Please make sure you go by, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, and please make sure that you follow us on your favorite podcast player. We're pretty much everywhere. Just search up My Ed Tech Life and keep 
on following us on all socials at my ag tech live so thank you guys as always for all your support and my friends until next time don't forget stay techie